The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. Custom software needs vary significantly, whether you're powering a medical device, overhauling your backend architecture, or reimagining your patient experience, MentorMate can help. Harnessing the technical excellence of Bulgaria, MentorMate provides end-to-end software services in all sectors of healthcare. With deep expertise in design, development, cloud, and software support, MentorMate helps healthcare clients administer world-class care through technology. Learn more at MentorMate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone out there in Medical Alley. Thank you for joining us again for the Medical Alley podcast. I am so pleased today by the guest we have. Uh, we're joined by Porvi Bot, who's the president of the Medtronic Foundation. Porvi, thank you so much for being here today. And maybe you could start with uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to. Sure. Well, Frank, thank you so much. It's uh, it's a pleasure to get an opportunity to be a part of this community in this conversation. Um, so I'm Porvi Bot. And I am the president of the Medtronic Foundation and the vice president of our, our philanthropy across the enterprise. Um, a little bit about me. I'm actually from the Twin Cities. I was raised uh, primarily in the Maple Grove area, a kid of the Osseo School District, uh, and then left uh, like a lot of high school kids want to do at college and uh, came back uh, basically 30 years later. Uh, to take this role and have been here for the last uh, eight years in uh, learning what I can in participating in the social change that the med tech industry can generate uh, by being a part of Medtronic. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work in pharma and in retail apparel and have worked with uh, two different administrations at the federal level on the public sector side and a couple of pretty large nonprofits as well. Um, but it's been really a, a real pleasure to come back home and uh, and learn and give as a part of, of our industry. Oh, it's fantastic. And we're we're going to come back to that, uh, that 30 years in between. Yeah. But I want to start with, um, for those of our listeners who don't know, could you tell us a bit about the Medtronic Foundation? You know, what does the foundation do and uh, what are some of the major initiatives you're working on? Sure. Well, listen, the Medtronic Foundation is over 40 years old. Um, It's a true outgrowth of uh, our founder's vision for the overall company in really making sure that we're integrated in a part of what our communities are needing and what society needs us to do to respond. Our vision today is to ensure that everyone has uh, equitable access to quality healthcare and education all around the world, uh, and particularly in the communities where our employees live and give. Um, which means really getting into deep partnership with uh, organizations, nonprofit and community-based organizations, uh, really viewing that uh, relationship hand in glove and getting deeply engaged um, and invested in the outcomes that we're looking for uh, together. And I think all all of us who are listening today and anyone who's working on societal issues wants to make sure that whatever we're focusing on actually gets better. Um, and that we're doing more than uh, putting out the headlines of th- wanting things to get better, but actually getting involved so that they do. And in order for that involvement to really be real and meaningful for us, it's more than just putting money out in, in the ether and in through our partnerships, which of course is essential. But for us, it's also meaningful involvement uh, for all of us as leaders and as employees by getting engaged uh, with these nonprofit partners directly with our skills and our time, but also in advocating when we can for the things that matter most to us 
educating each other, uh, because what we're facing today is a whole set of issues that require open dialogue and making sure that we're doing that not only with each other, but also with our partners and learning um, in every way possible so that we're experiencing each other as we're driving for change. And so our initiatives today are some deep partnerships with local nonprofits here in the Twin Cities, Northside Achievement Zone, People's Center Clinics, um, also worldwide, uh, again, based in the Twin Cities, but working around the world is Children's HeartLink. And we just uh, had a big announcement of a big partnership with them, um, as well as partnering on, on a COVID response with a multitude of disaster relief nonprofits, as well as uh, working shoulder to shoulder with thought leaders like WHO and others. But again, all with the eye on equity. And uh, we've often talked about the underserved, but we've been much more precise in really saying it's been inequitable and it's been inequitable for a while. And uh, all of us have uh, had our eyes wide open most recently, uh, given what's happened uh, a year ago and even this week um, in, in the news of really seeing some positive glimmers of change. But all of that is possible when we get involved and when we're really uh, working closely with the community. And so that's what our focus has been. Thank you. That's really fantastic. And for our listeners, we should note we're recording this uh, just a few days after the guilty verdict came down in the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, this will probably be out maybe a month or so after that's happened. And I want to talk about some of those issues in a bit, so we'll come back to that. But I want to ask one more on the Medtronic Foundation. Um, how has the view of the, the foundation as far as global activity changed in the last couple of years or since you came into running the foundation? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been exciting, actually. Uh, there are a couple of things that have changed um, in how we work. And, uh, and I'm, I'm proud of them because it's taken uh, some time and it's, uh, it's actually taken some creativity and risks uh, that our team has had to move forward in. And it's been thinking about partners not from a passive view of uh, just providing grant resources. Over the last, uh, I'd say five to eight years, we've been working very closely to be uh, involved directly with our partnerships and being precise together about the outcomes that we wanna drive together, delivering on evidence that demonstrates that things are getting better, using some of the precision of public health. I happen to be a public health professional myself, a health economist by training, but that, using that precision, not only of our team, but of our employees as well, to really demonstrate what does it take uh, if you really want to get to better outcomes in health um, and soon in, in STEM and any area that's a social area. And to do that in a way that uh, works with our partners so that we're really achieving that kind of performance. So the way we think about this um, is a bit like how a venture, uh, a venture capital group might think about it, not from the the way it's financed as much as the way that we wanna be in partnership, where you're really on the same side of the table on solving the problem. And it's not a, an arm's length distance in terms of the energy that we have to make things better. So when there's a problem or an issue on the table that a partner may have, you know, we bring the best that we can of our own thinking, but also reach in and see if there are employees who wanna get involved, not just in rolling up their sleeves to volunteer, but to bring their thought capital and say, and see if we can unpack a problem. And that came to life with the challenge of COVID. Uh, we saw that across the company and we've spoken often about the variety of things that the company did, you know, given who we are as a company, the ventilator business that we had and all of the need that needed to be serviced at the time. And, you know, it brought the best of all of us, I think, through a challenge like that in, in getting involved. But specifically with our partners, you know, when, when you're in a situation where everyone needs to be virtual, 
how do you get involved? And so the team got very creative together with the nonprofits that we work so closely with to think about, is there a way to provide virtual um, service? Is there a way to come together the way a consulting team would come together and approach a problem and see if we can unpack it together, even in thinking about telehealth, thinking about virtual reality, thinking about all the other suite of things that you can do with technology, how can we bring that even in the way that we solve a problem for service? And so the ways of working have changed, um, not just because of COVID, but I think because of the creative thinking behind what it means to actually make change happen on societal issues, which is not the classic way of thinking about things from a charitable lens, is actually thinking about it much more from the tools of business and putting outcomes first, putting um, true partnership and great involvement second, and then making sure that performance is a part of everyone's win. It isn't just, it's something that we're all involved in to make sure that it happens. And then to grow the things that are working really well and to you know, shine a light on that and come into partnership with multiple uh, people around the table and convene when possible so that we're actually raising an issue and making sure that we're solving that issue together. And so those are the main levers that we're bringing our voice, our talent, and our resources um, and with partners who wanna to be together with us in that way. And that's a big change. That's a big change in philanthropy. It's a big change in what partners might expect too when we've got a lot, uh, and there's need for, for grant money and, uh, and the classic ways of working charitably and we're a part of that too. But when we get deeply involved in large relationships, it is truly uh, involved together. And, uh, and it's a very special partner that wants that too. Uh, and we, we acknowledge that that can, that can take some work to be with us in that too. Um, but we've seen amazing results and, and we're very proud of that. Looking forward to more of that. Yeah, and that, that, that deeper engagement um, between nonprofits, the business community, government organizations, whoever might be aligned to achieving some sort of specific outcome, um, I, I think you're right on that it is a increasingly, co not common, but an increasing thing in the nonprofit community, but it's still not maybe the default position that we have. Mm -hmm. And I, I say this, listeners, as I work in the nonprofit community, you've done this before, though, in different forms. And I think our listeners might find it interesting that you worked in an HR role at one point, I believe at uh, Levi Strauss and Company. Could you talk about what you were doing there and how this kind of all connects to the, the nonprofit world yeah. and health outcomes? Yeah, that's a great uh, pull through. Yeah, I would have never thought, I'll be, I'll be straight up, I would have never thought that I would be working uh, inside of an HR organization, being trained in public health and certainly health economics, you can see it, you know, and I certainly pulled those tools in, but Never would have thought early on that that would be a place where I would reside. And um, the problem on the table that Levi Strauss had uh, was that they were the first company to have ever responded to HIV. And, um, and just to take a step back, my entire career has been, I grew up in the HIV movement. And so that's where I spent most of my time uh, up until I came to Medtronic, frankly. And so um, the, the problem they had was uh, they were first to respond you know, many, many years ago. They, that at the time, very much like the early days of COVID, um, it was chaos and trying to get the right things to happen for employees, but highly stigmatized given the, the risk population and what was happening then. And much of what the company was doing was providing voice, like I mentioned earlier, using the tools that they have as a company and making sure employees were safe through education. And that set the standard uh, in, in workplace efforts on, uh, on HIV and eventually you know, wellness at work. 
uh, the CEO, Bob Haas at the time was just uh, heralded as a, as a courageous leader and still is uh, because of his work then. But admittedly, they fell behind. Uh, therapy became available, testing became available. The company uh, was uh, really getting stuck at $4 billion in revenue and they were focusing on the business. Um, and they lost sight of being a best practice leader in the societal issue. And so when that was recognized, they made a large uh, Clinton Global Initiative commitment to get not only get back to best practices, because many other private companies now had superseded them. They were offering treatment and therapy to their employees. Um, they were more than best in class. You know, they were ahead of the pack on a lot of things. And, uh, and Levi said, okay, well, we're gonna more than just catch up. We're gonna get out ahead too. And they made this commitment and they, and they recruited me to help them. And so that's what brought me in. And because it was employee facing, it made natural sense functionally to put the effort inside of HR. And so as I sat in that role and in that function, you know, I started to think through like most of us do, well, what's the value chain on this? And how do we think about how do I get the outcome to happen here? And if the outcome here is getting greater access for our employees, if that's the first piece of it, and it is absolutely a part of a larger ESG effort, you know, back then a CSR effort, but it really is true to the business in that we were trying to make sure that healthcare for employees was improved. What do we need to do? And in the discovery of that, it was clear that, well, of course, how do most of our employees get uh, their health care? It's through a payer. And that opened a whole new opportunity of thinking about partnership because we, in the HIV world and in my past experience, we never, with all the advocacy uh, for pharma and all the other companies to get involved, we never thought about the, the payer. And so in this instance, it was clear that, all right, well, what does it take to get HIV uh, covered? And we realized that based on a lot of old actuarial data, um, it was being excluded uh, almost universally. And with uh, being self-insured and using the power of the brand and really thinking through, you know, how do employers benchmark and what does it take to break the pack and, uh, and decide to set the new benchmark, uh, we figured it out. And we've got uh, many insurers involved with us and, uh, and we're able to create a new standard. And what was net, what was base care for our employees, and that included coverage for HIV, and that helped us in other areas after that of what to do with transgender issues and uh, gender replacement surgery, and how to get that included, and what to do. This was pre pre ACA and Obamacare, so what to do with a retail you know, population who are maybe at greater risk, assumed greater risk because of their age and and what they were uh, experiencing in their lives, and realized, well, maybe we need to create a new employee assistance effort that actually allowed for anonymous phone calls where you could dial in and say, you know, what's the service that you needed and that we would uh, improve referral so that those employees could get to nonprofit and public services that could help them with their needs on HIV and other issues that were, you know, of special need. And it was a whole new set of, of issues, but also a whole new set of responses and how the nonprofit sector became important here. And I'm a huge advocate now that community organizations and nonprofits need to be a part of your value chain and a part of your business approach. Um, they became the referral point, right? They were the ones that were a part of the EAP plan so that they could get more and more of the population they needed to serve. You know, as you know, from the nonprofit sector, their targets, we all have targets that we need to hit. So we were helping to drive traffic so that they could uh, get more customers. Um, from the insurance perspective, very similar things, uh, made sure that there were the right 
again, referral points with clinics that were offering testing and care. And then even for employee education, uh, we made sure that rather than bringing in consultants, that we would purposely uh, make sure that the nonprofit community were coming in to also deliver testing and care for our employees if need be on site, but also part of our employee education effort. When possible, we made sure that the employee education, even down to marketing and the collateral, that that would be uh, provided through a nonprofit. So every part of that value chain involved engaging the nonprofit sector. And you know, I'm uh, lately have been saying this quite a bit that, and especially I think in the in our industry, in the med, med tech industry, we haven't leaned in as intentionally as others have on um, the power of the nonprofit sector, not charitably, but as a part of the value chain of what we do and how to bring them into the strategic conversations we may have about improving healthcare, all the way through to ensuring authenticity for the products that we develop and the delivery of, of what uh, services that we're trying to enhance. And that experience at, uh, at Levi's really brought that to life for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful story that, and what you just said at the end there, I think especially that the, the ability to pull all the different levers towards the same goal and the same outcome is so much more powerful and effective in achieving the outcome we want to achieve. And it's good for the business. It's a, we can do good and do good business by bringing all of those different stakeholders together on a common mission. And it, I think about everything that's happening today in our society and the just the transformations that are being wrought because of COVID that were always there, but we kind of honestly glossed over in many ways as, as a society. And especially I think here in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota, and, you know, Medtronic, I would say, has been very out front about anti-racism issues, about health inequities, um, all the way to the top. We, we had uh, your CEO, Jeff Martha, on for a conversation the other week that was fantastic. Could you talk a bit about, like, as you think about today's environment, what what's the role that you think the business community can and should play um, in anti-racism efforts and you know, what's the importance or what's the, the role that leadership can have, that the executives can have in helping to, you know, drive forward change that's good for society, good for business, and just is plain good? It's a great question. And I, I think it's leaders um, in every industry and in every mm -hmm. sector. So, you know, one of the things that I, that I came to a year ago when, uh, when we faced this, and listen, I'm Asian American. So we're experiencing a whole slew today. I think the Asian hate crime uh, bill is, uh, is approved at one level of the process of, uh, through our legislation. And I think um, it's important to remember that things are happening now because of what happened a year ago. Um, and what happened a year ago with George Floyd's murder uh, woke up so many of us in different ways. And it's a very individual experience. And there, it's important to have that individual experience. And, as, and even more so as a leader, and even more so if you're going to start to have statements and get involved, it, it requires an individual journey. And, and I say that from a very personal place. Uh, when, when George Floyd's murder happened last year, I had to rest on a lot of things. Um, being Asian, I wondered why silence happens. I wondered why our community might be silent at times. I wondered why I'm silent at times. 
I uh, reflected on our mission and uh, I know the, that it's beloved to us who are from Medtronic, but I think uh, given the role we play in the Twin Cities, a lot of people know our mission, but you know, to alleviate pain, restore health and extend life. Um, I used to roll that off my tongue as a part of a mission statement last year and ever since last year. It is a phrase that I believe in whether I worked for Medtronic or not. Those three big statements is what everybody wants. Uh, no one wants pain. Everyone be wants better health and we all want to thrive. And to do that um, requires understanding what's happening in our community and understanding what individual role we might have in either contributing to what's making inequities continue to grow or in helping. And taking that individual reflection is incredibly important. And I've recently been, uh, well, I certainly thought about it for myself from a place of service. You know, how many of us have our bios, right? They talk about where we went to school and what jobs we had. And I reflected a bit to say, well, you know, what's our service bio? So if you were to think back and rewind to when you first were of service to community, and we've all been there, we wouldn't be in the industry we're in if we, did, we didn't do this. Um, for me, and rewind all the way back, not what board you sit on today, that's not the real work, but I go all the way back. And if you go all the way back, at least for me, it was trick-or-treating for UNICEF when I was five years old. And that evolved into a whole slew of other things, Candy Striper for a St. Therese nursing home right here in, in New Hope, you know, just, there was a whole series of things. I, each one of us has this. But you realize that every one of those things taught you something about being a leader, taught, it re likely required you to do something to take a stand on something. And if it didn't in the moment, it certainly added to your ability to do it now. And that um, reflection I've seen our leaders take, I've seen Jeff take um, as he's come through in uh, articulating why these issues matter. And you know, I'm sure as you heard from his own voice, but as you're seeing from many people's voices, I'll even say, you know, Chip Bird from our past, my past employer, they're successful because they're able to see why it matters so much. It isn't only because of the business. It's because of who we are and who we want to be as a part of what our future can be. And it isn't in a particular category. Addressing these issues isn't in a particular category of what we do. It's a part of all of what we do. And the statements and the actions of our leaders today um, that are authentic and real, you see it. You see that it's showing up in all of what they do. And Every one of us is aware that we can't um, individually solve it alone. Uh, we will do the best we can as a company, as an industry, based on what we can do. But I think the courage that it takes to actually realize what you can do is to take the individual journey and appreciate what it takes to speak up, what it takes to actually do something as a person. And then before you know it, you're doing something to change your organization, your team, your industry, and your community. And for, for business leaders that are working well in this, you can see it already. They've been doing, doing it all along, but they're taking the perch today and pushing it even further. And you see it in Jeff and you see it in, in many of the, the leaders that are succeeding in this right now. And certainly Omar before Jeff as well. I, I, you know, there's a trajectory of leadership here that's happened here, but and also with many of the companies that are known for their sense of purpose and the social value that they deliver. Indeed, indeed. I, I think that is... A fantastic place to wrap it up. Uh, a very hopeful message, a very thoughtful message, but also one that calls us each individually to action. 
I want to say thank you for spending the time with us, sharing your thoughts and insights, and for being part of the Medical Alley community. Well, thank you, Frank, for the opportunity to have a voice in all of this work that we're all doing together. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the big changes that we're going to have. And I know that by this time next year, we're going to see a very different response in the world around mm-hmm. us because we're getting involved in this way. So thank you. Thanks for your voice as well on everything that's happening today. Thank you.